Hello, I'm Stuart Goldsmith, and you're listening to the Sad Mad Dads podcast for Sad Mad Dads. This podcast is not for children or the easily offended. The opinions expressed do not reflect those of the host's families, employers, acquaintances, or even the hosts themselves, depending on how incriminating said opinions might be. Coming up in this episode, an updated masturbation tool. Do you want your kids to be good or happy? And we'll be joined once again by the fabulous Stuart Goldsmith for the second half of his Sad Mad Dad's interview. Hello and welcome to the Sad Mad Dad's podcast, the show where three drunken fathers talk at you about their experiences wandering through the strange, horrifying and exhausting, yet wonderful, exciting and fulfilling world of being a reluctant grown-up and a parent. We're trying to get our heads around the fact that our creative dreams and desires and our small considerations in an increasingly complex matrix of family stuff that needs doing right now. We promise nothing but honest parenting. Far, far too honest parenting. And this, I think, is episode 22, although we have had a bit to drink, so I don't know. I'm your host, Danny Douglas. I'm Mr. Rich Stokes. And I'm Pointless Rinser. And welcome to the episode. Now, I have to start with saying hello to someone who we've been meaning to say hello to for the last two or three episodes. For the last ten years or so, actually. Well, that's a fair point, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, probably our first confirmed international listener. So, Chrissy, if you're listening, hello. Hi, Chrissy. I thought you had better shit to do with your time, actually. (laughs) Yeah, but so good old Chrissy. Um, We love her. We grew up with her, um, or at least me and uh, Pointless did. Um, And she now lives in Australia. I tried the accent there. I don't know how well it went. She lives in Australia. She, li- she lives in Australia. No, I can't do it. Come- Whenever I try and do an accent, it comes out kind of South you, African. You've been Punjabi. to Australia though, haven't you? Yeah, but it doesn't help. Problem is, I went to Australia and New Zealand, ah. and therefore that gets mushed together. And if you get it wrong accent-wise, they they get annoyed with you. I always find it's such a difficult one as well. And when people say, "Oh, can you do accents?" They go Australian and then go and now do New Zealand. Yeah, and I'm like. I can't no. do that without sounding straight. Hello, mate. We're just going to go over here. It's the same as when you go do American, and then they say, now do Canadian. And it's like, ah, you bastard. You just say a boot instead of something else. And if you're in a South Park film. And sorry. That's about the only Canadian. I, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, Chrissy's a fucking legend because I, mean, I don't think she'd mind me saying, but she fucking had cancer last year and just sort of got over it. She's yeah. one of those type of people that just sort of fucking went for it, had cancer the right way, and, and apparently everything's okay. So That's amazing. Fucking I, legend. I, I'm always in awe of people who have difficulties in their life and not only take it in their stride, but behave as though the difficulties aren't even there. Fuck it. it she makes jokes about it. It's and it's like... Amazing. You can see everyone around you sort of going, oh, that makes me a bit uncomfortable. But if she's joking about it, she must be all right. And, and yeah, she just fucking nailed it. It's exactly the kind of positivity we want to encourage on this Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and exactly the kind of strength that I don't have. And I don't have. Sadly, <laughs> I myself... Mr. Rich Stokes, I'm a miserable bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'd be sat in a corner crying. That's so. the thing. I'd be, I would be like, well, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I guess the first thing I should do is get my T-shirt printed <laughs> saying, pity me. <laughs> I am a twat. Uh, no. Well, yeah, so there we go. Only three or four episodes late, but uh, hello, darling. I hope you're still listening. Um, and uh, what time is it there? Ooh, it's so exciting. 
Um, P.S. I fucking hate you. You live in Australia. <laughs> So, gentlemen, um, I've been overly excited about this, um, but I'm trying not to big it up too much because it's probably one of my favourite features we ever did. Um, and I'd like to just give it a little caveat that I appreciate this video is actually three years old. But, but, Brian Sloan is back. Oh, fantastic. What's he been up to? So, you oh. remember anybody who tuned into episode <laughs> You saw three back and you were like, oh, Brian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my friend's back. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> so, anybody who uh, is not aware, go back. Pause now. Pause it. But not yet, because you won't know what I'm saying. Uh, go back and listen to episode 12. <laughs> now pause it. Go back. No, it's too late. Fuck, I've got to get this better at this. Listener. <laughs> Listener. You, when we say jump, you fucking jump. Yeah. And if we don't tell you what to jump about, then you work out what the fuck it is, <laughs> and then you do it. <laughs> In episode 12, we reviewed a product, um, a gentleman's product, um, that allows you to wank off your own cock. <laughs> Um, it, so, wanking off you or anything else. <laughs> so feel free to go back and listen to episode twelve before continuing. Nose if wanking, you want the nose wanking, what? Actually, that was yeah, that was the sixth fat though, wasn't it? Go back, <laughs> listen to episode twelve. You know what we're talking about. So um, Brian's back with the auto blow two. Oh, so no longer is it just a uh, manual um, penis covering vagina substitute. Right. Now it has extra features. So I thought in the interest of fair review, we might have a look at it and um, see what we think. So feel free to shout up with any commentary as okay. we go. Here we go. So it's available Do you want to tell them what the thing is? Right, so uh, it's standard audio fantastic medium whereby we get a I video. Mean the, the URL. URL. It'll be linked in the show notes. If you want to watch along, pause the video. Not yet, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look in the show notes. We have links to it. Or just stick auto blow two into uh, YouTube uh, and you'll find the video. Cool. Um, so obviously my uh, co-hosts can react as they see fit. And this is Mr. Brian Sloan doing what he does. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Brian. The days of doing it yourself you. are finally... Over. It's still this. doing it yourself, mate. <laughs> it is still doing it himself, and notice he is by himself once again. Yeah. And totally unashamed with the fact he's selling off a masturbation tool. Once again. Which I admire. I, I'll go with it. It's fine. He looks a bit healthier this time. I wonder if he got a girlfriend or if he's. Um, <laughs> I he's don't think he's got more a girlfriend. protein, hasn't he? Yeah, that's that's a, he's just <laughs> his milk intake. He's looking, looking good. <laughs> oh, he's got a nice bit of pallor. Maybe the, just the maybe he's got makeup gone up in the world. <laughs> He's sold a lot of three faps. Yeah, three faps. I can afford makeup for this video. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, well, he's got a nice shirt on. It's all good. Is the auto blow too? <laughs> I've invented the best male sex toy ever. Why? Because it's powerful. It's automatic. It's hands-free. It's super easy to clean. It fits men of all sizes. And best of all, it feels great. So I'm going to just interject there a little bit. <clears throat> Easy to clean, I think is probably the best feature so far. You reckon? Do you think so? Because I think, I think you're right, first of all. <laughs> but I take issue with the idea that hands-free is a good thing to do with masturbation because it implies... <laughs> It implies that there's something else more important that you would be doing with your hands. Interesting. It'd be kind of like, while I'm washing up. <laughs> you know. Or taking a phone call to my grandmother. Yes. While, while I'm peeling a potato. <laughs> while, while Is I'm that a euphemism? Fashioning a sculpture. 
Yeah. What I like to be doing is being wanked off by a mechanism of some description. <laughs> you know, as though you'd be driving a bus. Uh, again, two pound forty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Turn left at the. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, interesting. It does enough. look healthier, doesn't it? And they've done. It does. A bit more with the with the angles and stuff. There's a. It feels like an Adam Sandler film. Yeah. Hey, now yes. he's, he's got. He's. I mean, uh, the time before he was also kind of taking the piss. He is taking the piss. Of course, he's taking. It's the absolutely piss. fine that he's taking. If he the was piss. deadpan serious, there'd, um, there'd be no comedy in it. I think he'd sell less. But I think <laughs> I yeah. want to get my business. And I think this is the best <laughs> auto masturbatory <laughs> tool ever. As you know, the way he puts it and everything. But it also looks like this is just a bit of a much longer film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, fortunately, this is only two minutes ten, so we're all good. Boom. But once again, we've paused it at twenty-three seconds, and he's uh, he's given us the kind of "Hey, boys, you're yeah. listening to me." But he still hasn't sent us a fucking three fap, so I'm not having it too much. We're endorsing your product, yeah. Brian. Fucking hell, Brian. Free advertising. That's well, we're on. not endorsing it. I haven't used it. Yeah, well, okay. It's Wait, the opposite what? of endorsing. We're commenting. <laughs> Wait until we see what it does first. This is what the Autoblow 2 looks like on the inside. Let me show you how it works. Like an abacus. So, so can I ask my uh, co-host to describe what they're seeing? It's sort of like a, a pile surgery thing gone wrong. <laughs> It's like it's a device that you've stuck up someone's ass to remove piles and suck those piles into the tube. And, uh, Interesting. And skewered them for later examination. A, a pile conserver. Yeah, pile conserver. That's basically what we're looking. I at. don't think that would be quite as catchy as auto blow. It, look, it looks like an abacus inside a coffee machine. Yeah, that's much okay. better. Okay. Yep. Okay, I'll go with that. So we've got we've got beads on a kind of a rail. I don't know why we tell you guys to watch along because we keep pausing it. If anyone mm. is listening, person. Sorry, we keep pausing it, but it makes more sense for us to talk. <laughs> Plus, I'm assuming that a lot of you listen to this like on the train or in the car, so perhaps don't watch a video. Yeah, don't be at work looking at Auto Blow. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Especially not Auto Blow 2 first look demo video. I like that. I wanted to, toy for men what ever. happened to Auto Blow 1? Something terrible. It blew. It's still Something stuck terrible on. happened. It, it, you don't see what's outside of the frame. It's still <laughs> stuck on. Oh, yeah, this is an upper torso yet. shot, isn't it? It just sucked the skin off some... <laughs> Poor minimum wage actor dude. <laughs> like, the entire front of his body just got sucked into this machine. I said the auto blow one has Brian. still got the last actor inside. Yes. Brian, you're shit. You're Just kill me. <laughs> no, yeah, it's basically just, like if a, something out of Alien Resurrection. <laughs> just bits of a person in floating in test tubes. This is the Crotch Hugger 3. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get him carry on, see what's going on. First. You insert your sleeve. What? Oh, okay. Oh. And so, by the way, there are three sizes of sleeves. Well, he's up for his three derivatives of everything, isn't he? So, well, so the sleeve looked like one of those great big uh, reusable condoms. It did. You're right. So he inserted a big plasticky thing into the coffee machine abacus <laughs> monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're with him so far. To choose from. So that whether you're on the smaller <laughs> side... Or whether you're built like a regular guy, or... <laughs> you're going to have to explain your reaction there. Sorry. He had a dildo on his yeah, head. Yeah, he, he, he had a huge cock sort of glued to his head. It's quite impressive that his head was able to keep the weight of the cock up. And, nice. and he kept a relatively straight face yeah. as well. <laughs> so once again, he just goes with the whole, you know, I'm laughing at myself. That I, I'm with him. I, I think I like the guy. You bought I, this last one, didn't you? What? I Not his actual one. 
Well, we need to talk about that later then, perhaps. But it needs a jolly good clean before I take it. Well, it is very easy to clean, apparently. Apparently so. Like me, you're one of the lucky ones. <sighs> the Auto Blow 2 will still get the job done. Next, you plug your Auto Blow 2 into any wall outlet. Right now, straight I'm away, now. I'm all, he's already lost me. Anything you're going to plug into the mains and then attach to your penis sounds like a bad idea. Definitely. Yeah, like with that toaster. Wait, well, hang on, what? I didn't, did not enjoy that. <laughs> that was a bad plan on my part. Nice and warm, though. Yeah. Toasty. Toasty. Crummy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking up. <laughs> but Brian, is that safe? Oh, no, oh, so, yeah, there we go. Brian, you've preempted all our concerns. Amazing. <laughs> this is a brilliant promotional video. It, it's thinking about what we might think and then ad addressing it. Oh, shit. In fact, yes, it's totally safe. In other words, it won't electrocute your dick. Next. <laughs> well, I'm glad he well, cleared um, that up. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't say why or anything. He just said, no, yeah, it's so fine. We're, we're now trusting him for his electrical engineer expertise. <laughs> e, E, E. Oh, that was good. Alliteration. Apply a water-based lubricant to your penis. No. Then turn it on using this dial. You can get off slowly. That looks amazing. Okay, so now that we've seen it in action, so again we have the penis still, cam. It yeah. still looks like medieval torture. <laughs> so the aforementioned beads that are kind of in rings, two of them on a rail, is now moving up and down in a motorized fashion. Fantastic. So, and the penis cam, which is assumably a camera on the penis. No! Uh, well, that's what it, yeah. You, <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> the clue's in the name. You, you with your weirdo yeah. terminology. <laughs> I've been wrong-footed yeah. every step of the way with this. And once again, he's got the kind of, yes, you're looking at this and I know kind of expression. But the way the beads now look, it reminds me more of... Um, the hand of a Terminator from one, from the James Cameron movie. <laughs> it looks like the, the robotic fingers going up and down the fake prosthetic penis yeah. sack. Okay. So I'm oh. I'm hoping now. What I'm hoping the auto blow three will be is. Would you like to be wanked off by a Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wasn't done yet. I'll be back. <laughs> now I know oh, why humans cry. Well done. <laughs> just the last thing going into the lava's the hand, isn't it? You've got to your wanker silence for laugh. You've still got your cock. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. That's too hot. That's too hot. Old, not obsolete. <laughs> That's the sound of the wanking. At a medium speed. That's medium wanking oh, that's sound. That's looking quite quick now. Oh, man. Or you can get off in a damn hurry. Jesus. Right, I'm sorry. That is going to pull your penis off. Yeah. Did you ever read the, um, you know, when they did a book of the Red Dwarf series? This is proper deep cuts <laughs> now. Did, um, but they did a, a book form of the first couple of series of Red Dwarf called Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers. Yes. Yeah. And they had... Um, robot prostitutes <laughs> and you'd fit them together to make them look like whatever you wanted yeah, them to look yeah. like and Rimmer the first time we're introduced to Rimmer is he nearly gets wanked to death <laughs> by a robot <laughs> prostitute that gets a glitch and she starts glitching and nearly nearly wanked and he's like she damn near pulled the thing off <laughs> this looks like that and that's when and this that's what we've got basically it's like ter wanking terminators but so well, there's a, oh god there's an existential kind of question there with regards to is this safer or less safe than 
a person with a mind of their own. Ooh. Well, about, you know... I've always thought like, as, any blowjob is potentially like seriously dangerous, depending yeah. on who's giving it. Yeah, Absolutely. it depends if they've got teeth. Yeah, what, they've all... What? And they're just <laughs> smashing their teeth out. They've all got yeah. teeth. I'll just take my teeth down, love, and I'll get <laughs> to business. <laughs> That's what, uh, my minimum requirement. Is <laughs> False teeth. Someone who I can trust not to bite my dick off. It is a position of trust, let's be honest. It you is. have to trust who's it down is. there. I've always seen that as like... So, you know, we have to think at uni when people thinking that, like, a blowjob is less of a commitment than sex. It's like, fuck it, the amount of trust for someone... You're putting your penis in an orifice that's got... Designed teeth. to crunch I, suppose, yeah. I mean, arguably, it'd be the other way around. If you were a female, you'd be kind of like, well, I don't make another person if this goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's got... Oh, uh, I don't know. There's a discussion to be had potentially. But no, no, but yeah, no, I completely understand what you mean. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Oh. <laughs> Is that like a yellow gloopy drink? Yes. It's funny when we're talking about <laughs> masturbation and ejaculates when you mentioned advocate, but there we go. Absolutely. <laughs> yellow gloopy drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch that. What? Sorry. That's a chat up line. Can I offer you a yellow gloopy drink? Just <laughs> <laughs> slide a shot of Advocar. Yeah. Well, it's fucking disgusting. Sorry for anyone who likes Advocar, but what the fuck's that about? Yeah, even first, at Christmas, even yeah. when you've drunk everything else in the house, I still don't drink uh, that. First time I ever opened it, I was like, oh, this is off. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the this custard. This motor is rated to stroke you for a thousand hours. Oh, my God. There you go. thousand hours. A thousand hours of so, wanking. A good ten seconds... Usually, it'll do me. <laughs> so that's quite a lot of... That's good value for money. And you've yeah. got your technique down. You don't know what this thing's all about. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but that adds to that's it, doesn't it? If it's unexpected. Yeah. I don't know. Do you not find that, though? It's like when... it. I mean, back in the days when I um, was not committed to a single person, you'd sort of occasionally find someone, you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, this is going to take ages if you keep doing it like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. you take your rings off. For yes. fuck's sake, it's, it's like, like yeah. it's, is that? Have you? Is there? Can I? <laughs> which, just not just like, have like, a very quick, properly. a very yeah. quick PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it's like, I'm just gonna. I'll stop you there. Yeah. Um, Here's now, a YouTuber, Brian Sloan. We're, we're very glad that you've joined us here today. But um, <laughs> what I'd like to do, your induction has obviously been uh, incomplete. <laughs> this is a spiral induction process. Yeah. Week three. <laughs> Stop what? doing that with my cock. Yeah, the thing that you're doing, I don't want you to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I once had a girl um, squeeze my bollocks. Now maybe some blokes like this. Not me. No, squeeze I don't. your bollocks. Actually, or this will get him going. Squidge, squidge. I was like, no. That's like violence. If I was Jack, yeah, if I was Jack Bauer and you were trying to get information out of me, that's the thing to do. But. Did you snap a neck? <laughs> Torture! I did, I did think cruel and unusual yeah. punishment! Yeah. But anyway, we're, 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 we're digressing. Come on, Brian, what's next? That escalates or quickly. until your dick falls off. If you end up stroking yeah. it for a thousand hours, find a new hobby. So Brian Sloan's now showing us a video of fly fishing, by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, if... You, oh, it's, uh, I, mean, that's not I don't him. know. There's irony somewhere of him telling people to get a new hobby. Yeah. He's, su he's suggesting at some point that there is too much masturbation, despite being someone who's d 
designed a masturbator. I feel like like the Brian has turned on us now. He's judging us. <laughs> yeah, he's Ooh, judging his view okay. in public. So he should have he should have designed it to give out um, for the right amount of hours for how so much after twenty hours. It just yeah. goes absolutely. It's, it should it should self destruct and say now go and do fly fishing for a bit. <laughs> I think I don't think Brian gets to judge his his buying public. A, a small LED display. Yeah. Stop masturbating. <laughs> no, I want to everybody take voice. a year off. You have now masturbated. Enough. Too much. <laughs> Go outside. Yeah. We'll just give it a female personality. I think you've had enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll know when I've had enough. <laughs> oh, Bill Hicks. <laughs> oh. It's right. fairly sad. We're going really <laughs> to definite ending to this. <laughs> We've got to get through it. It's right. Only 20 seconds left. Here we go. That's what I always say. The Autoblow 2 <laughs> will be available for sale in the summer of 2014. So, so this is really relevant and contemporary. Yes, thank you, Brian. If you enjoyed watching this <laughs> and you know a man who might benefit from using the Autoblow 2, please share this video. So, Fair enough. once again, other masturbatory just, devices are also indeed, available. Indeed, yes, of course. Now, the reason, obviously, we've got to follow up on Brian because we're following, we're loyal followers, even though he hasn't sent us a fucking three fap. Um, and I've actually said, you know, we've said to him on, on the podcast, if he sends us one, we'll try and get all three of us inside it. Um, like some diabolical yeah, rocking horse. Yeah, and, and I'm happy to do an audio record of that, not a video one. Um, but my, some of the favourite things I saw on this was the cartoon version of this advert in Italian. Oh, nice. Which I personally think adds a certain, certain for the want of a non-Italian phrase, joie de vivre. I think Italian is one of the best languages, really. It's a lot more uh, musical yes. in, than, than a lot of European languages. Do you think Even, it would lend itself to selling a blowjob tool? I think it would sell itself to sending anything, though, wouldn't it? Selling anything. I mean, if you think, like, if you go into a pub and say, I'd like some still water, please. It doesn't sound interesting, does it? But if you go in and go... I want someone to wipe my cock off. If you go in and say, Una bottiglia d'acqua minerale naturale, per favore. Yeah, that does sound nice. Oh my fucking Christ. Get me 19 of them. I'm I'm actually slightly aroused now. Yeah, yeah, fair point. That's all I can say. I can ask for still mineral water and I can ask for a table for two with some red wine. Well, Richard, over the next 10 minutes, (laughs) you will shortly be able to ask for still mineral water and a device to wank your cock off without using your hands in a restaurant. For a thousand hours. For a thousand hours. (laughs) But no more! <laughs> if you use it for over a thousand hours, then fuck you and start fly fishing. A thousand and one hours, no. Brian will call you a bitch face. So, uh, apologies to any Italian listeners um, and to anyone who doesn't speak Italian, but uh, this is what it sounds like. Ti piace farti fare i pompini, ma detesti la seccatura e la spesa di avere qualcuno che te li fa? Finora non c'erano molte buone alternative. Certo, ci sono tanti giocattoli erotici in commercio che devi tenere e muovere su e giù lungo il pene. Anco- so, I'll ask uh, Pointless Rinser to describe what he's saying at this point. Such a happy cartoon. It's a lovely cartoon, isn't yes, it? This man is happy. So, this man is, is currently naked and we can't see it off yeah. camera or off still it's just it's cam- the shoulder head and shoulders of a muscular cartoon man yeah who's currently very happy that he's using an auto blow too <laughs> who wouldn't be who wouldn't be well let's see what he says ancora e ancora e ancora ma finalmente oh, c'è qualcosa di diverso e di migliore auto blow 2 è un piccolo apparecchio che simula la sensazione di un vero pompino <laughs> feels so, like a real blow job yeah, so currently we've got a cartoon version of the auto blow 2 that's uh, with the beads and you're going up and down. And currently there's a man in a suit and tie sat at a desk 
with a thumbs up gesture, suggesting to me that this is being advertised as something you can use in the office. Now, see, that's quite interesting because you get the, the balls that you can, if you are someone who possesses a full time vagina, you can put it inside you and just uh, like wander around and go about your business. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Magic eggs. Yep. And that's like having something nice happen all the time. That's so sexy. Do women do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's so well, arousing. I mean, I assume... Tell me more. I don't mean all of them do it all the no, time. No, I, I think I, I think assume it's a assume thing that happens because it, the product exists. Negative. I think you should assume every woman in a meeting ever... Is masturbating uh, as no, you no, speak no, to No, 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 not actually masturbating. Has an egg inside them right. and a switch in their pocket. Right. This may be misogynistic in some form. I haven't decided yet, but that's <laughs> basically how I'm going to live the rest of my life. From here on in, I shall assume that every woman I speak to is permanently aroused. I see nothing wrong with that, and that is the end of the discussion. <laughs> Thank you very much, Danny Duckers. Wham! Sold. Excellent. Um, there endeth my career. <laughs> here endeth my lesson. That, that's how I'm going to finish every conversation from here on in. And so the repayments on the car will be £35 a week. Excellent. I shall now assume that every woman is masturbating while I talk to her. But yeah. I can't see any downside to this personally. No. So yeah, but this is, this is the, the equivalent, isn't it? Is a hands-free masturbatory yes outside of your clothes. I think thing. it's going to be harder to conceal. I think you're right, <laughs> <laughs> unless you are in some sort of desk-oriented job or a newsreader. Is there ever going to be a, a nut, sorry. Is there ever going to be a time, even if it's out of shot, that it's not going to be apparent that you are suppose according to it's Mr. Sloan, getting a realistic blowjob? Well, it's very loud, isn't it? That's yes. a good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's louder than a What's that noise? Nothing. <laughs> it's my phone. Someone calls me all every day, every time. day, and it makes me feel so good. So good. They call me. Ah, uh, they've stopped now. <laughs> Everyone should stop calling me. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think I think the noise prohibits public usage. Okay. Okay. Imagine trying to keep a straight face. How, when's the first time you do something like this and you confront someone for the first time? It's like, shit, I've got to get through this. I've got to get through this. I'm going to at any second. They're going to hear the noise. Fuck, can they hear the noise? It's just like, how do you... How do, nah, this I doesn't I love the happen. way that you've actually yeah. gone straight to application. Yeah. You've gone to like, can I actually get away with this? <laughs> but it's like when you're a kid, not a kid, when you're like in your late teens and sort of being a bit adventurous with stuff, you know, you can, like, sometimes you'll be with a person that you like doing stuff with and you will end up doing things in public or nearly in public or, you know, but you, you're kind of like, when it's another person, mm. you can go, oh, this is quite cool so I can sustain the And everyone I'm, else in the room um, is like, yeah, shit's going down over there. I'm just going to backtrack a little <laughs> <laughs> to draw attention to the fact that somebody on the podcast who will remain nameless has potentially just admitted to... Some kind of pe public sex act, well, which may or may not have been illegal. At festivals and stuff, and at sleepovers, and, you know, stuff happens in rooms full of people when people are drunk. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll go with that. I, I thought you were, like, talking bus stops. And at bus stops. <laughs> <laughs> or on buses, or, you know. But you can still, you just sort of go, this is really cool because this is just cool. 
People fuck everywhere all the time. That's true. Yeah. Assume that if there's a locked door, there's people fucking behind Or oh, not it. a locked door, as yeah, it turns so out. Some yeah. If you're a certain member of the <laughs> podcast. Assume if a bus goes past, there's going to be people on there <laughs> getting sucked off. Or oh, is that rich? Oh, he's probably getting sucked off. <laughs> well, not necessarily that, but like hand jobs and, you know, they're using a three fat. There are things that when you. Never look at your wife in the same way again. <laughs> Unless I'm at a bus stop. <laughs> in which case, I'll try to refrain from looking. In which case, I'll give her a meaningful look. <laughs> um, but you know when you... You know... I don't know. When you're in that sort of first flush of a relationship, you just, like, can't keep your hands off each other. Yes. You just go, well, this is just what we're doing now. This is a thing that's happening now. You've got to go with it when it's there. Back of taxis, you know. But I, th- I thought that was slang for something, as in the back of a taxi. Yeah. Yes, okay. Back a taxi. Fancy back a back a taxi, taxi love. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> so it's just one of them. Uh, well, the thing... But it's that... not the same... Oh, yes, sorry, I was going somewhere with that, which was... <laughs> if you then just, like, use a machine to wank yourself off in public and just expect other people to deal with it, <laughs> just be like... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing at all. It's like yeah. watching porn on the bus. You catch people doing that occasionally. It's like... I don't get that. That's just weird, isn't it? Just have a... Just wait. Just wait, yeah. Just wait wait till you can do something about it. Yeah, don't just sit there with an erection when there's company. (laughs) Whether you're talking to him or not, you're in a room. (laughs) Essentially a room full of people with an erection and and you're not going to fuck any of them. And it makes... Well, it makes it... The whole thing seems so much more desperate and unpleasant as well because it's kind of like you watch it even when... You don't... You don't feel properly turned on by it. Yeah. And it's like, obviously... uh, from what I've seen, horrible for the people who make pornography as well. And there's some people that say you shouldn't do it in the same way as you shouldn't buy Coca-Cola because it's supporting the industry that really mm. fucks people up and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, mm, to, yeah. to watch it when you're not going to wank over it, it's just kind of like buying loads of clothes from Primark and going, ah, oh, I burnt all that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't give a fuck about all the little kids who make all this shit yeah, overseas. Yeah, yeah does that sort of, the type it's of people like, that would continue to watch it after the... Uh, um, the deed is done. Well, it just makes it seem. Why would you carry on watching just, it? Just, just, I want to see how this plot. works yeah. out. I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who did it. Yes. Yeah, the character development. Yeah, it's the character arc. I think her. She's going to change. And she's going to understand. But, but he never fixed the washing machine for fuck's sake. <laughs> but it, and it just seems it, there's that famous the thing that went all over Facebook about three years ago with the guy on the train who was just on his laptop and you could see in the reflection in the window yes. that he was watching porn mm. and it's just like. And he's just sitting there, just gazing at it, dead-eyed, as though it's just like, this is filling some sort of void. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, fucking hell, man. That's depressing. And if that's like your your reset, when you're just sort of sitting here, just like, just blankly gazing at people fucking each other to death. What hope is there for humanity, there's I ask none, myself. None there's at all. loads. There's loads and loads of amazing hope it's, for it's humanity. It's great, though, because there's plenty of hope, because there um, is. if you can't afford an auto blow too. <laughs> there are many sort of um, cheap knockoffs, um, and this is one of the videos that I came across linked on YouTube. Bearing in mind that some of these videos have titles such as "Take a Look at Penis" uh-huh. um, and stuff, you know, obviously. <laughs> Take a look at my penis. penis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here we go. Let's see. Now, bear in mind, we've just had a, an excellent sales pitch from Brian Sloan. Um, would you buy one of these? I don't think I Introducing Mastomatic. Mastomatic is a machine oh perfect for meal masturbation. So, for apologies, this is clipped to fuck and from an audio production viewpoint already puts me off. But this looks like a similar product. Yeah. 
let's see it how we sounds get. like it's from like 2007 though just yeah. going straight into someone's laptop maybe so hang on Mathematic is very easy to use simply slide your cock in the realistic feeling <laughs> vagina or ash inserts and turn no it off no partner needed it just said oh my god <laughs> so uh, would you care to describe what you're seeing it's a guy having a wank into a tube true but it's using the mathematicformen.com yeah the same thing yeah I just like the fact that she uh, there's obviously a translation issue going here just slide your cock in well yes that is what we do (laughs) (laughs) don't need to just fill it out quite that much darling it's like if you hand me a sex toy I'm going to figure out I'm going to put my (laughs) cock in some manner it's sucking all the snot out of my nose I don't know what's going on there's very few People don't line up in adult <laughs> adult stores. <laughs> but what do I put in it? I turned it on and nothing. I was not aroused remotely. <laughs> did you Did you put your cock into it? No. No. Oh, but that's disgusting. In the kitchen next to the cat litter. What's the matter with you? <laughs> it's the mathematic the... will stroke your cock up and down just like a real blowjob. And like it comes with a fully adjustable speed control, giving you like total control over your self-induced pleasure. Mathematic control, the mod- did we just say? Pardon? Did we just say spit control? Spit control. Uh, she said total control. Total control. Giving you total Was it speed control? control? Speed, oh, control. speed control. Yes. I thought we'd gone up, gotten up a level and had, you know, saliva Moisture. glands that you can now Ooh, pump yeah. Inbuilt into it. saliva delivery. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Inbuilt saliva delivery. <laughs> Special delivery <laughs> service. No, saliva delivery service. That'll saliva delivery. Saliva delivery. No, it doesn't scan. Doesn't Daddy scan. Daddy Ducker. Sorry. Relaxingway.com. No hand movements are required. All you need to do is lie back and relax. Let the mathematics stroke it for you. Don't hesitate any longer. Treat yourself to the <laughs> finest man sex toy on the market. Somehow, I don't think this is the finest man sex toy. No. Yeah, but so the other other um, self blowjob toys are available. Um, but as we would expect from Brian Sloan, there is a theme song. Yeah. So yes. now, personally, just to, so that I don't, you know, fluff you up too much, I don't think it's as good as the three uh, fab song. However, it's got a lot to live, to, it, live up to. to it has honest. got a lot to live up to, but it's it's pretty good. So um, let's see what it sounds like. Well, the auto blow two is now upgraded. A perfect time to be filleted. Let's look a little closer. I recommend watching that <laughs> yeah. to any listener. They didn't quite have the um, the sound quite right. If you didn't get all the little... <laughs> the lyrics of that were serious, man. That was proper... So, again, was like links Christopher in the show Marlowe. notes. Um, it's, a, it's a cartoon. It's good. My favourite part was the guy with the Auto Pro 2 on his penis playing it like an air guitar. Yeah. I mean, you can't Moving. write that. 
We can, obviously, and Brian Sloan's done it for us. Oh, Brian, thanks for popping in, Brian. Yeah, it's good to see you, mate. Send us some of this shit. Yeah, so send us one. Offer still stands. We will, all three of us, insert ourselves into the three fat. <laughs> or if you send us three auto blow twos, we'll we'll try three different speeds. Um, I don't know whether... Yeah, we could do one speed each. Yeah. If it's three different speeds. Oh, I, I don't want the fastest I don't know whether one. I want to. No, I don't want to. I'd, I'd be worried that he'd used it before he sent it to us. He <laughs> That's seems the thing that concerns you about all of us doing this. Is this used? Is that yeah, I'm more worried that he's going to tear cock? my cock off. Whose cock has been in this? Was it you, Brian? <laughs> he's a very naughty boy. Oh, well, there you go. Well oh. done, Brian. Keep he it going. Got a blow <laughs> Genius. So here's a weird one. Parenting makes you ask questions you never thought you'd ask. And like, it's quite a philosophical deep one for a comedy podcast, but do you want them to be nice and good, or do you want them to be happy? Ooh. I think that's, a, that's a, such a good question. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The assholes of life are clearly so much happier. So, what, what, at what point uh, do you draw the line of, I'm making him too nice here? Define happy. I think happiness is quite a simple thing because you can look at the assholes of life mm. who don't really care about stuff and they may not have a, such a fulfilling life in so many ways but they fundamentally their life was easier and they were happier for not being a good guy <clears throat> this guess, is tricky though isn't it I know some really great people though who, who just love life and I, I I try and treat them as an example of how to be because I'm so I don't not miserable but I'm kind of like <laughs> I'm I don't mean a miserable person I mean I'm kind of like always worried about oh but I need to try and control this and I'm trying to work out how long this is going to last particularly since I've had kids I've been like hmm. constantly trying to treat being with them as almost like a chess game yeah. and being like oh well this is going to keep him interested for this long but when he gets bored I need to have this ready yeah. I need to have you know I need to work out what's in the fridge what do we feed them what do we do how do I make this run smoothly? And it, yeah, and it takes yeah. the edge off everything because I'm like, if I'm in a situation where I can't do that, I'm just yeah. like, well, this is going to be shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be bullshit because I can't control the fuck out of it. Yeah. Well, but, I, don't, I, I see I've got a... But happier I'm, people seem yeah. to be more chilled to me. Again, <laughs> but it's what makes you happy. You don't want to have... You don't want to try and raise them so that all they're concerned about is their own happiness. But yeah. the flip no. side of that is... Oh, we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? It's the idea that I feel that I worried too much about making everyone else happy. Yeah. To the point that I fucking wasn't. Yeah. Which is obviously stupid. Is that a social thing, though, or a, uh, you know, where, where you are in your life thing? Is it a social anxiety or is it a, you know, I don't want to be at this point in my life because of this thing? Do you understand? Yeah. I mean, I suppose... Does that make sense? I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. What Dan's saying, though, I mean, if you're the sort of person that finds that making other people happy makes you happy... Then that would be fine. Correct. But if but you to feel like point, you're lying down in the road, so and people, people are get, walking all over you, you yeah, as a yeah, bridge, yeah. then that's not so good. But again, that comes down to the person you're interacting with, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm, I find definitely as someone who's probably done more gigs than they've been clubbing or been to like dinner parties or something, I have horrendous trouble with just doing the kind of things that people do normally. Yeah love getting up on stage and doing things yeah. but like going to my kids parents evening I'm kind of like oh my god this is a perfect opportunity to humiliate myself completely <laughs> yeah. so I find yeah. I have life fright rather than yeah yeah stage fright 
and Which it's is just stupid. It's very, very. It's like the first big one I've sort of come to and thought, shit. Everything else I thought I was able to challenge and sort of deal with, but I was like, fuck, do I want him to be happy or good? Yeah, okay. So the way I always do with these sort of things is to put it to extremes. So if what if makes him what if him start again if making him happy if the things that made him happy was killing people <laughs> I've, I've then, got then obviously you you wouldn't want him to be it wouldn't just be about his happiness yeah yeah absolutely okay. so yeah. i don't know is that where you draw that line between looking out for their interests versus looking out for the interests of the population at large yeah well i think that's the main thing isn't it it's like as long as you don't hurt another human being then yeah. your happiness is kind of what you have to look after isn't it really? yeah i suppose i mean i've got that that's what i've got a song about it saying you shouldn't eat babies because <laughs> <laughs> there's that whole kind of that especially in the last sort of 10 years of we've been deluged with um, TV shows about people pursuing their dreams in one way or another, haven't they? And it's like, mm. you just got you got to do what makes you happy, man. It's not about money. you got to do what makes you happy. Well, what yeah, if, we what, if what makes you mortgage. happy is molesting hedgehogs? You shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know? There's just, there's just not much comeback from a hedgehog. Either. It's you the want, worst choice. You need something bigger, more yeah, appropriate for your size. They don't thrust back at you. No. But it's just one By of those By the time things. you're in fully inside, it is dead anyway, so... Oh, my God. But I think... You know... <laughs> I feel quite bad about the thing I just said. <laughs> poor Sonic. I, oh, poor yeah. little hedgehog. Are you, are you admitting to bisecting hedgehogs with your genitals? Unin- unintentionally, yes. But I think, like, um, it's a, it's an important <laughs> point, though, the good or happy thing, because, I mean, certainly I worry, and I think, like, both of my kids... Uh, I mean, all kids really—they experience that life is just highs and lows a lot of the time, don't yeah. they? It's mm. so extreme, and they get so happy when you give them a toy, or they get so happy when they see someone they haven't seen for a long time, and they get so sad when they can't find a, a matching sock or something like that. Yeah, and it's like, well, I need this right now. But they—but you can sort of learn from that, and you go, they, you. I find as a parent, I find I have more levels of, of like anger I'm more angry now than I've ever been about <laughs> stuff that I can't do anything about and I used to be quite chill but now I'm just kind of like, why didn't you buy milk on the way home I told you where it's like why didn't you tell me we needed milk and I would have bought some on the way home and it's kind of like you have the stupid fan arguments. in the bathroom has been left on for five minutes more than it needed to be yeah well, what this the is... fuck is wrong with you Jesus we've got bills Christ. to pay That's you know point nine of a penny <laughs> um, but also I find my like I'm happier I, I get up there I'm gesticulating with my hand above my head I get up <laughs> you know I get up more as well so I have more capacity for joy and more capacity for sadness yeah so the sensitivity the, the that feeling like when we had when my eldest was titchy you end up meeting loads of other parents don't you because you just can't help it you're suddenly thrust into the social circle of loads of people <laughs> you've got nothing in common with I hate meeting people just um, fucking hate parents the whole school pickup thing and, it's just and like you've got to be friendly and but and there's uh, there was one particular guy who was just kind of like yeah well you know from a from an early age I've just taught them life's not going to give you anything don't give anything back it's all about you and you've just got to knuckle down. And I was like, so your solution to the world being full of arseholes is <laughs> to create more arseholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life's difficult. Let's make it shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck you, man. I I would rather have struggling to be happy people that were nice. Yes. That were, that had that were, had a positive effect on people around them. Yeah. Than 
horrible cunts taking up space. Because <laughs> yeah, there's enough. Using there's our air. Yeah, yeah, there's enough to fucking make kids do that anyway. Yeah. So you don't want your bloody significant others, i.e., parents, promoting that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. It's that, and it's hard it, enough in life anyway. But yeah. having someone talking about, I think the kid he was talking about at the time was like five. And yeah, it's like this isn't boot camp, mate. He's not trying to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not worrying that he's going to wash out of the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got a glue past pastor yeah. onto plates for <laughs> two years. <laughs> Occasionally, perhaps take his dishes out to the kitchen. I don't yeah. know. No, you can't. I don't know. It's, it's that tricky line. It's pretty, the whole thing with the whole sort of, you know, Santa, Tooth Fairy. At some point, they've got to come to the realisation that that's not a thing. Yeah. But how do you incorporate that into the, you know, the, the magic of sharing it on and... and yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, it was just one of them questions anyway, I thought I'd... Yeah, I love the way you throw yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, just a quick five-minute question. It's a fucking hour oh, debate yeah. at least. Yeah, it's a yeah. TED Talk. It's yeah. a TED Talk. So that's that's one of those questions I asked myself this week. Sorry. Well, there you go, listeners. It also, I also asked, what the fuck am I going to do with 600 giant African land snails? So don't pay too much attention. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't know. What do are want, you going to do with 600 giant African land snails? I don't know. Do you want a land snail? Anyone? Are they breeding? Uh, they're yeah, it's an asexual thing, so it's fucked itself and laid lots of eggs. Now, you see, we're having this... Parthenogenesis. Yeah. 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 Oh, hello. Is that a type Good. of dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the follow-up to Prometheus. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but I'm, I I'm think just going to throw I random did, words out that I don't know what they Just to very quickly hop back, I think when we were talking about this and then went, ah, this is actually what we should be talking about on the podcast... Mm. Your answer to Pointless's question was you want to teach them to be happy by being good. Yes. yes. And I think that's the perfect answer, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well played. To, to gain happiness or pleasure from, from doing good people's... things for good's sake. Yeah. yeah, by selling auto-blow twos. <laughs> <laughs> by spreading I, joy. I expect that Brian Sloan is making people very happy whoever buys least, his stuff. Yeah, or, or Brian. Or people crying less. Yeah, least. or long, unless it tears your cock off. Yes. It's great until it tears your cock off. But that's life, basically, isn't it? That's a good uh, metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it's like anything else. Add that to his other excellent quote for the yes. evening. Yeah. It's great. Everything's great until it tears your cock off. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to finish every comment. Do you like dogs? I like dogs, except for when they tear your cock off. <laughs> They're great until they do that. It's a good shout. Definitely. Yeah, but I don't know what the answer is to that, so... Um... Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's my approach to parenting. I've thought about it. Can't work it out. Fuck, fuck it. it. Bollocks. It's good until we, yeah. You got to like. You can see why. If I was a religious person, which I'm not, but if I was, I'd be like, oh, I'm so glad I'm a religious person because everything, even the things that don't make sense, make sense. Yeah. Yes, you can just go. Oh, it's all right. It's, it's all easy, part of the plan. Yeah. yeah. Someone's yeah. got my best interests at heart, and they're in charge of everything. <laughs> that would be a nice thing to believe. <laughs> Which is probably why it works for lots of people, but mm. let's not go down the fucking religion route. We just started a massive conversation. Let me. Okay, we're going to finish off the rest of the episode with the second half of the interview we had with the fabulously generous Stuart Goldsmith. We're going to join the interview just as he starts to consider the challenges of trying to be a creative entity and a new parent. So, is it harder to get a routine that you're happy with now that you're? Uh, divided between family life and... It is certainly more frightening. I feel the the massive drop in the available amount of hours in the week. 
but simultaneously because the fact of being of having a child is so inalienable inalienable there is a child there you don't get to make any decisions like that. You can't go, oh, what am I going to do about it? Well, you've got to think of something. Yeah. That has actually been quite useful in, in the sense that I have cut out an awful lot of wasted writing time. So previously I might have written four or five times a week for two or three hours. I don't have that time anymore, but a lot of that time would have been spent going, oh God, I'm not really in the mood, or filling in my little, there's a, a technique my friend Pete gave me, which is um, a brilliant anti-writer's block technique. Whenever you're thinking something negative about your writing, like, oh, I, I only had six shows in me, I can't possibly write a seventh, or I've got nothing interesting to say now I'm a parent, or any of those repeated things. You keep a tally chart in the back of your book of all those things, like, I'm just a parent, got nothing left to say, underlined. Every time you think that, you just put a little tick under it in the back of your book. And then, yep, well done, I thought that. And then get back to your writing. Right. Over the course of a year, that eliminated so many of my repeated things. Brilliant. So I, I do that less, and I have less time to do it. I remember when I sat down for day one of writing the show that I'm currently touring, which was day one of writing... Uh, post having a baby and I remember I put on Facebook something like right sitting down to write for the first time since becoming a parent looking forward to some of this uh, amazing extra focus I've heard all about <laughs> and it really was there I mean it really like I mean it was that one session <laughs> more so than everything else but um yes I am you have to come up with strategies you have to come up with strategies to to deal with it so whether they are things like uh, okay, I'm going in another room for an hour. You're just going to have to cope with the baby. Or this doesn't work being in another room because I can hear him crying and I feel guilty and I can't concentrate. I'm going to go into a coffee shop for an hour. Or um, like I, I, I personally cannot write at night. I can only really get my teeth into it. Not first thing in the morning. Now that first thing in the morning means 6.30 a.m. But, um, you know, sort of like 10 a.m. Is good, is good writing time for me. So trying to barter for time with my partner such that that's a bit that I can use or can I can I cover you somewhere else? Can I take him later so that you can let me have this bit of time? That's that's important. And the other thing is trying to use every minute of every, every moment that I'm away from them. I try to be constantly doing things and not really relaxing so that when I'm with them, I can turn my phone off and give them all my time that never works but it's right. a goal that it's like that's a thing brilliant. to walk to, to work towards yeah so i'm i'm um so i'm staying in london this weekend they're coming to london tonight i will leave here as soon as i get off stage tonight i'm pre-packed and i'm legging it to the train. i'm saying all my goodbyes beforehand legging it to the train so that i can get home in order to be at home when they arrive um to let them night home to be in london when they arrive so i can move their stuff in um because there's all the stuff that comes with the baby so then tomorrow is valentine's day for us because i was away for valentine's day i've got a lot to do i've got a lot of research to do for two big big guests that i've got coming up on my show who've got huge oeuvres that i need to be familiar with i've got to decide on the title for this year's edinburgh show i've got to book a photographer i've got to select some potential options for a photographer and a designer those are the pressing concerns i've got to record the blurbs for next monday's episode of the podcast and do a write-up for it all of that has to be done 
I would really love to not do any of it tomorrow. But then on Saturday night, I'm doing an hour and 40 minutes on stage. And on Sunday night, I'm doing an hour and 40 minutes on stage. And then, you know, so one of the jobs is managing the impending fear of how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And just start doing one of the things. And then at least you've got that under your belt. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of, as I go, I'm stitching together this framework. And actually saying that out loud now, sort of for the first time, is very useful because it makes me feel like, yeah, that is what I'm doing. It is scary. It's okay to be scared by it because I'm trying to... (laughs) I thought the other week, oh, yeah, I am trying to have it all, aren't I? I'm trying to have a career and I'm trying to be a good dad and be present rather than be one of those dads that works in the city and is back for bath time and that's it. Yeah, yeah. There are days when I've got to be, there are weeks, you know, this week I have to be away, but often I take him swimming on a Wednesday lunchtime. So it's okay to be stressed. Everyone gets stressed. It's okay to go, oh Christ, how am I going to do this? Because I'm trying to do both things. So I'm, you have to try and be nice to yourself. That is a lot easier to say to other humans that are in the room than it is to feel to yourself when you're on your own. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly why, like why me and Dan started the podcast really is to go there must be some way of doing this and living a fulfilling creative life yeah and being a good parent yeah and not having to make a choice and then you say oh i look forward to my bitter late middle age then (laughs) (laughs) after after having sacrificed all my dreams yeah and and, uh then just nothing but alcoholism to look forward to yeah Um, so it's just that kind of thing that that we're that's a really 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 good response yeah, well, thank you. Fab. Thank you. Um, yes, I've not, uh, I haven't articulated it much. And one of the problems, one of the challenges faced by being a dad specifically is that who do you articulate that stuff to? We don't like to complain to each other. We don't like to listen to each other. Well, I'm talking specifically about men, about dads. Yeah, yeah. We don't have the same social structures in place that women have. I don't know how often you ring up a dad mate and go, how are you coping? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't do that very often. I sometimes ring up. I'm more communicative pers- perhaps than most bloke dads. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, bloke dads. Dads, they're called. Um, <laughs> I, I may be more communicative or more emotionally communicative than most. I will sometimes ring up someone and go, I'm struggling a bit. I've done that twice in a year. I could have done that a lot more often. Whereas the, all the mums on the NCT group, they're proper like, you know, they've got their own WhatsApp and they're all over it. The dads have got a WhatsApp group. We don't use it very much. And you don't because we're men and, we, you know, for a man to be friends, how difficult is it to make a new friend? Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't know how to do, we don't know what's expected of us. We don't know what's acceptable. We don't want to cross the line and look weak or look gay, you yeah. know, or, or any of these, you know, not obviously not that that's a problem. But I think for a lot of men, it's weird to say to your mate, to someone you don't know well, how are you? Yeah, And, yeah. and even if you manage to say that, they could go, um, I'm fine, mate, thanks. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. You, so what are these structures that we can actually have conversations with each other within? And it's interesting to kind of try and find the right role models to, I mean, in terms of writing for myself, I, I do musical comedy mostly and started off doing stuff that was very dark. Um, and then looking after little kids, you can't rehearse that during the day. <laughs> it's just, and, but then the, the right, I changed my stuff to be more kind of songs that they would also be interested in listening to and not try and detune the guitar while I'm trying to do stuff. Uh-huh. And um, having two little boys, 
they're both massively into superheroes and yeah. that kind of thing. And when I was a kid, didn't really know that much about stuff. But now I'm a kind of late time convert and now know more about Batman and the Hulk and people like that than I ever knew when I was the kind of target audience for it. Okay. Um, I think you remain the target audience for that for as long as you're like, they want everyone. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so like, but in terms of the role models that they've got, it's all people that uh, are super fast and super strong and solve all their problems with violence. And so I've written songs like about man, man, who has nearly all the abilities of a man <laughs> in one man. And just being able to do stuff like that and rehearse and be with them and yeah. write stuff that seems yeah. interesting. I, I find I write a lot of material about my baby and I have to prune it because no one wants an hour on my baby. 20 minutes within an hour is all they can be reasonably expected to take. <laughs> you know, even yeah. if they are up for it, you don't want to alienate people. But, you know, a lot of the new experiences that I'm trying and struggling to process. One of the biggest things that happened in my creative life was when I realised comparatively recently that comedy is about what you're struggling with. Now, it's easy as a writing exercise if someone says, oh, you know, write down some things that are annoying you. You rack your brains and try and come up with some stuff that you think would be funny to say is annoying you. That isn't the same as the stuff that's annoying you. What I'm getting better at now is going, here is the stuff I'm honestly having a problem with. You know, not necessarily bomb robots here and there, you know, <laughs> but there's, you know, there's different, there's different strings to the bow. But, um, but I find it's easier to write jokes now that I have a lot more to complain about because my life is harder. <laughs> I used to have a profoundly easy life. I, I nailed it. There was a few years when... I really was nailing it. I was paying the rent and I was traveling as much as I wanted to. And I was going to gigs and my mates were all on the bill and I was getting drunk afterwards. And just uh, it's Saturday morning. I'll just hang out and then I'll go and see a movie at 3 p.m. And then I'll do a great gig and everyone will laugh at me. Brilliant. And then that that was satisfying for not very long because eventually there were a lot of, and then I'll go home and be lonely. Oh, do you know what I mean? And then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll be in the house yeah. all day tomorrow writing jokes and then I'll go out to a gig on my own and do the gig on my own and come home on my own and be low. Oh, man. You know, and I'm just so lucky that I didn't have to put up with too much of that before I was able to force myself to grow up and make a commitment to a person. And now I get to reap all of the, the rewards from that. But I had a very easy life. And now, as we know, and I'm just scratching the surface of it, I'm aware of that. It's a, that is a known unknown, how much harder it's going to get. I know that I don't know. And uh, so life is tougher and it's easier for me to go to write. There's a joke in the new show where I say, I miss him. I miss him. He's all I think about in the morning. He's the last thing I think about at night. I miss him. And then I get home and I play with him and I'm bored in two minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I want to talk about that experience. I don't hear people really say that. It's boring to play with a child that you love. I love him and I want to play with him, but he is inequipped to play at the level I wish to play, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. And I can mine that for stuff and I can try and make it relatable to non-parents but I can't do an hour's worth of that yeah so I struggle to it's possible but it is a struggle to come up with stuff that isn't all to do with my baby because he's my obsession and he's one he's just turned one he's probably 13 months Right. No, no, he's not even. He's, he's a month and two weeks. How do we express that? Twelve and a half months. Yeah. We we switched to months much quicker. Everyone else is still doing weeks. How old's my baby? He's 72 and a third weeks. I don't understand. Just, you know, months and years, fine. If your child 
I feel like some comedian has already covered that. That's annoying. That's, that that's got a McIntyre whiff to it. Maybe that's already been done. <laughs> the week's month tra- trade-off. If your child could converse like an adult for a brief moment, what's the one question you'd want to ask him? Oh, let me give that some thought. If he could converse like an adult for a... What a wonderful question. What would you ask him? <laughs> Do you know what I'd ask him? I'd be like, you, you love me, right? <laughs> Like, you, you really actually, it's not just like, I'm not just this guy who's sort of the squeaky one with no milk, but you actually get me. You, you love me, don't you? you me. Listen, men together, you oh, and me. That yeah. says so much about me. <laughs> Please confirm that you love me. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is a brilliant answer. <laughs> um, Painful. That's fab. Do you sing uh, lullabies to your kid? Yes. I sing, um, what do I sing to? I'm more in the early days, I would sing Round Here by Counting Crows a lot because oh, really? I happen to know all the words because it used to be my favourite song before I got a bit tired of Adam Duritz's constant whinging. Why does Maria, if Maria says she's dying, that's why she's crying, right? <laughs> through the door I well, hear her crying. That song why? ruined. Because she's dying. Man. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so I would sing him that. I would sing him... Um, uh, What's the name of the song by Ben Folds? Uh, the one that starts, Good morning, son. I, I am a bird. Um, what's it called? It was, uh, 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 I only know the first album. I'll get there in a second. Still fighting it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful song. And actually, I had a big teary moment of that when I kind of understood the lyrics in a new way now that I was holding my newborn son. That has cropped up a bit. Nice. But specifically that song is very lovely for it. So yes, I sing him those and already, you know, that soupy first three or four months just disappears and your memory does it. So those are the two I remember. So it's songs from your own life. That's your... Yeah, songs um, from my extremely limited yeah. uh, ram of uh, of... Uh, songs that I know the words to. Because I think, like, my parents sang me, like, show tunes, um, which sort of makes sense. But, like, I've tried to sing my kids things that I like. And you, yeah. can't, you can't do it with Nirvana or something like that. It's not... Well, have I you seen... those older songs are more melodic. What's and it kind called? Of... What's that baby... Um, I can't remember the name. There's a thing on YouTube where they have painstakingly and brilliantly done covers baby friendly covers of all of your favorite stuff or they've kiss and nirvana and and guns and roses really and foo fighters and it, it is kind of it's kind of great because it's not grating because you're like i know that it was hotel california done on a glockenspiel in a twinkling kind of way but at the same time it does raise the the hideous specter that years from now they'll hear the original and go oh why is this why is this person ruined that perfectly good twinkly baby song yeah yeah i think christian riley's got a really good bit about Dave Grohl trying to sing his kid to sleep <laughs> with that Foo Fighters yeah. epic. Look out of sleep! Why are you crying? Ah, that's nice. He's great, Christian. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I think I sing Not Perfect by Tim Minchin. Oh, but, but yeah. Then, oh, God. Oh, my God. Not per- So I, I did a podcast with Tim and I talked to him about that song. You asked I him one of my questions. Properly, properly made me weep that song. When you realise where it's going and then, oh, that's infinite mileage. So, yes, I have sung that to my baby as well. But then mine have asked to hear the original version and I forgot that it's got the word fuck in it. Yeah. And now I've had to explain that to them. I used to sing. I used to sing "Come to Australia" by the Scared Weird Little Guys, who are like an American, uh, sorry, Australian um, guitar double act. 
and uh, the the sort of main funny refrain in it being come to australia you might accidentally get killed and it's like it's a list of red back funnel red blue ring octopus it's just all the all these different things that can kill you i used to sing that to my godchildren and uh i can't play them the original <laughs> Same yeah, of course i suppose it might be a bit early on do you have a, a parenting fail Oh, God, yeah. Is there something you feel... Oh, God, yeah. I get angry at my partner because of the tension, the increased pressure of having a baby, meaning that everything has to be done faster and better and in a more organised way. So if we're both trying to dress him at once, neither of us can get it right. Yeah. So we will get uptight with each other. And I never had much of a relationship to anger before. I never used to feel very angry. Nothing really made me angry. That's a weird thing to say. I no, didn't, I exactly I didn't have a problem with anger and now I feel like, oh, I'm on the edges of sometimes having a problem with anger because we're both exhausted and he's got a fucking, why would you put that, why don't you do both socks then both, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yes. do you know what I mean? So we, yeah, yeah. we will assume things of one another that then the other one just like, if, you know, if we had to build a house, I'd build the roof first and build the house under it and she'd build the foundation. We just approach things totally different way around. So we take for granted. Why would you do that? That is stupid. Yeah, yeah. That cannot, you can't think that's what I meant. So there's a lot of, which sounds funny to recount, but you know, you get wound up with each other and I've done a good bit of walking out the room and doing one of those silent, ah, kind of yeah, yeah. things. So that's the most readily available one. But Jesus, yeah, I, I, I find parenting very difficult. I love the boy and I love him in a way that I, like all of the cliches, you know, I didn't, like, I had no, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I feel like an idiot for not having a baby 10 years ago because I could have been, my life would have been immeasurably better I am lucky now that by the time I've had a baby, things are, you know, my career's on the track that I want it to be on where it wasn't 10 years ago. Um, but I, so given that I love him and he's wonderful, Jesus, it's difficult. And, and I like telling people in public via things like this, that it is so hard and anyone coping without killing their children is on purpose. I mean, is a hero. You know, you are just, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, you are a hero. No one who has a baby, no one who doesn't have a baby will ever understand what an absolute legend you are. You're doing great. I might need to have that. <laughs> Can I just have that on repeat on my phone? Reminds me of this, like a Kevin Smith interview where he gets the guy, Kevin Conroy, that plays Batman. Okay. It gets him to say uh, life-affirming things to him. Oh, so, that's so he, good. He has like a you, can you made this. exactly the right decision. Yeah, things like that's that. And just good. listen to it. That's good. That's that good. might have to be. I'll do some more of that for you. Yeah, that'd yeah. be amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. So obviously, I mean, you've kind of answered that que the next question. Really, I was going to say, obviously, parenting changes people. I was going. Do you feel like it's changed you for the better or worse? It sounds like predominantly better in your, in your respect. Yes, it has. Mm, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would, I wouldn't come into that. I wouldn't think to say that myself. I wouldn't say, oh, parenting has made me a better person. I, I suppose I've been more, made more aware of my flaws. So is that better? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm now, I know all the terrible things that I do a bit better. Um, it's definitely, I'm definitely happier than I've ever been. I definitely have a thing to live for and a reason to do stuff in a way that was only ever, I'll just sort of take some risks and try and have an exciting life. And if all else fails, I'll just top myself, you know, <laughs> and, and now you can't, 
You know, yeah. that's a line from the show that was working and now isn't anymore, which is like a new bit about exactly that. Have do do have some fun. If all else fails, you can just top yourself. And now you with a baby you can't. And yeah. the line is he has stolen from me even the luxury of suicide. But <laughs> the problem is, I think now in the show, by the time I in the new show, by the time I get to that bit. I've made too much of a character of him, and so the the people's concern for my mental health and his well-being gets in the way of their laugh. Maybe I need to put it yeah. at the beginning of the show. Now you, <laughs> you can't even die. Yeah, exactly. Damn exactly. children. I never, I mean, I, you hear people say that, and that sort of crops up in movies and TV and stuff all the time. It's like, you would die for your baby. Jesus, of course, without a second thought, if he's in, like... And that's something I never understood. I was like, well, I, I secretly feel guilty about this, but I'm sure that when I eventually have a baby, I won't rather die than him. Oh, no, completely. Like, he's the plan. He's the project. He's the guy. He's the boss. He's everything. And I'm just this pointless husk that has to sort of, you know, feed and keep him alive. And yeah, yeah. try and... Jesus. Okay, I've got to try and be his dad. I desperately want to be his friend. As you can hear from, like, what would you say to him? Please love me. <laughs> yes. You know, I need to instill in this boy some kind of uh, emotional fortitude, one that I don't necessarily feel very much. I don't want him to be as scared as I was of school or of life or of other people. I don't want him to go through the loneliness that I sometimes felt. And, and I, I, I have to help him be better than me. And that seems Herculean. And is that, I mean, you mentioned it because of school or... I've talked to a lot of performers and what you tend to find is after someone has done like thousands of gigs, I certainly find you get very comfortable with going up in front of a room full of strangers, but very uncomfortable with going to your kid's school to make a complaint. So instead of stage fright, you end up with life fright. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, does that change the more successful one gets? I mean, because you haven't done so many things like, you know, you've turned down dinner parties or or events and stuff, normal socialising things, to go and do shows instead. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, oh, I see, I see what you mean. So specifically performers, because I'm so used to turning down real life things to work on my career... Yes, absolutely. I worry that I don't know enough about real life things. And that was never a problem because I opted out and now I have to opt back in for his sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have found a way to live my own life to my satisfaction and that has been ruined forever by <laughs> by having to... to you've got to get back into the system. I, I And again, I'll, I'll keep referring to my own work if you don't mind because it's quite no, useful no, it for me to say sense. it out loud and see how it works. I have got a bit about the fact that I hate swimming. And as far as I'm concerned, the defining characteristic of becoming an adult is that no one can make you go swimming anymore. And then you have a baby, you've got to fucking take him swimming. Like, no, there was a policy. Yeah, yeah. There was not going to be any more swimming. Right? <laughs> and now there has to be. And I have to opt back into swimming and, and veruca socks and changing keys and the little rubber thing that goes around your ankle with the key on it and, and just pubes on the floor and just all... And, and it's 10 times harder now than it ever was and I dropped him in the swimming thing and I feel bad <laughs> he dropped him in the changing rooms yeah well it just makes it's the same as like you think you finish school and you go I don't have to do any exams anymore and it's like you do now but you, you don't, do you have don't to get do to homework affect, again yeah yeah you, yeah, yeah. Have, you just don't get to affect the outcome Yes. Quite so yes. much. But I think there has to be a way to do all of this. Everyone does it. Everyone, it's like you can't be scared of death. Literally everyone else has done it, you know. So I'm sure there's something similar to, 
death and homework. I mean, you know, parenting generally, you've got to, you know, you just have to roll up your sleeves and do it. And it isn't going to be that bad. It isn't going to be as, you know, because this time, maybe, maybe let's put a, a slightly more positive spin on this. Who wouldn't want to go back and do their school years again, knowing what they know now? Oh my yeah, yeah, God, totally. things would be different. Provided, and you would need this proviso, that in this hypothetical future school in which you relive your childhood, all the other kids are just kids and not also adults reliving stuff knowing as they know now, because that is just normal life. Um, but if you could go back and do it again, you could change things. And, um, and not in a weird sci-fi way when you had to end up shagging your own granddad. But, you know, as you'll know from any <laughs> no, short story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, any short story about time travel. Yeah. Um, it's always the granddad so, shagging the way it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to help him through his schooling, to have the opportunity. Yes, I'm scared of doing it wrong, but it's also an opportunity, isn't it? It's like I can help him not feel the loneliness or the anxiety or the social fear that I've felt. I hope I can. I can certainly be alert to those things and probably spot them earlier because I know what they are. And if he's nervous about doing a thing, I can try and talk to him about why. Um, And probably it will be things that I never experienced that really fuck him up. (laughs) You know, it'll be like, Dad, I'm really into football and I've got this jealousy issue with sort of football. I'm like, I can't think. I've got no idea. I don't know. It's an alien world. So um, I get you've now interviewed 200 plus comedians Mm -hmm. over four years, something like that. Five years now. And your career has gone from strength to strength over the time of that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that speaking to all these people has helped you solve problems with your own writing or uh, performance or... Mostly, there have been... The two the two biggest factors have been... There's several factors. No. no. Okay, here we go. You're, so you're not like a comedy version of Sila from here. No, that has been pointed out. In year two, someone said, you're basically like Sila. Yeah, exactly. No, no. yeah, I'm sorry. That's, you're not the first person to arrive at that. But and also, And also, no, I'm not, because... I don't you that's not how it works no, of you, course. You, I mean I, I know I know I know you know this but I'm also sort of working it out articulating <laughs> it myself you can't take a bit of Rich Hall's gruffness and a bit of Susan Kalman's emotional sensitivity and a bit of you know it simply doesn't work like that what I can do is recognize that loads of comedians feel like imposters oh maybe I won't feel so much like an imposter loads of comedians f- hate and fear writing oh so it's okay to hate and fear writing those sorts of things do you know loads of comedians who are millionaires aren't necessarily happy oh maybe i don't need to be a millionaire to be happy loads of comedians who do tv tv presents its own challenges just like anything oh maybe tv isn't the be all and end all those sorts of lessons are hugely important to me and other people that listen to the show yeah yeah and i don't think i have learnt those lessons any more than anyone else who's followed the show closely because remember when i interview people I'm not. Li- I'm listening to them, but I've also got a part of my mind going. What do I ask next? Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually the. You know, I'm the. I'm less of a comedy expert than anyone that's listened to all of the shows. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so there are those things. There are certain career things that have happened, like um, to do with kind of industry things. There's a like I. I very infrequently need to tell people who I am now within comedy. If I'm applying to a, a gig or a festival. I wouldn't say worldwide, maybe nationwide and some kind of things. You know, I, I exist as an entity because I have a small amount of localised 
fame in inverted commas from doing the podcast and what's lovely about that is that i'm not well it's frustrating in that they don't know it's not it's not like i'm famous for being a comedian you know that's getting there slowly but what's lovely about that is that people feel inclined towards me because they love the thing i'm doing and that's really magic because i know if i stopped at the side if i if i saw mark kermode flagging me down trying to get help with his car i'd fucking help him yeah, because yeah. i i don't owe him anything but i'm like i feel like i owe that guy because i love what he does and it's good yeah, yeah and people respond to me a bit like that in a way that makes me feel very cherished and part of the comedy community that i no part of the comedy industry that i keep protesting isn't real and part of the comedy community which definitely is real it's more techniques we like with problem solving in terms of constructing a routine like if there's some parallel podcast where architects talk about architecture and they go listen to it and go oh yeah so that's how we prob that solve that problem with where to put the stairs or something is there a yes. sort of getting from somewhere to another place or or shortening something or yeah probably but whoever's the most recent person i spoke to I'll think, how would that person do it? Very rarely will I look back and think, how would that guy from episode 180, how would that lady from four years ago, how would she approach that? One of the things I do keep coming back to is Sarah Pascoe from literally four years ago saying, if you describe something honestly enough, whatever the thing is, if you're honest enough and if you work hard enough at just describing what it meant to you, you will find something in it. And I think that is, I'm paraphrasing, she probably put it better, but that, that I come back to. Other things I come back to, I often think, it turns out I am Sylar after all. Of course Sylar wouldn't admit it. <laughs> One of the things is I always come back to Phil Kay saying, when it goes bad, how bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> because I, that, like, if, if it's gone wrong, if you tried a thing and it went really wrong, that's okay. That's okay. Try yeah. try and do it worse and see what happens. You know, that, so that's interesting. So there are a few little things like that that I will think of. Probably more... I've probably kind of assimilated a lot of them into the way my mind works now and I don't notice when I'm doing it. So yes, that probably has happened. But again, you know, I'm, I'm, I always think to myself, yeah, but since I've been doing the podcast, I've also been writing and working really hard. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that also got me somewhere as well, you know. And just very quickly, because now I'm assuming a lot of people in the comedy community are now thinking at some point they might be on your podcast and have to justify <laughs> the way they write for an hour. Right? <laughs> One will have to justify anything. Do you see what I mean? And Well, I tell you what, someone who won the Newcomer Award in Edinburgh just gone has listened to every episode of the show right. and started five years ago. And has, I'm not saying it started him at all, but... Um, there are absolutely now guests that I have on the show who, and I try to cut it from the show, but I'll say it here. People who say things like, oh God, I've been really worked up about, oh yeah, this, I've always thought, someone said recently, I won't tell you who someone said, I've always sort of fantasised, what would I say if I was on The Comedian's <laughs> Comedian? Which is enormously, that's lovely to hear. That's fantastic. And, and it was pointed out to me only a couple of years into the life of the show, at some point there will be people playing the Genting Arena in Birmingham who for some reason have grown up thinking that I'm the godfather of comedy yeah, yeah. or something like No, I, I can't even, I can't bear my, to hear myself say that. I don't mean the <laughs> godfather. Do you know what I mean? But there will be people who consider that they are grateful to the show for existing. That's all I mean. That's all I mean. 
and um and that is that's a really nice thing fantastic it's It's posterity great man yeah i was thinking the other day wouldn't it be nice now i've got a baby wouldn't it be nice to make some recordings addressing him and talking about him and so he could know who i was when i was this age and i was like hundreds of hours of that exist (laughs) (laughs) i will will do some stuff directly for the guy if you're listening to this little guy it's all about you man um but uh uh, that is nice to, to feel that there is some legacy because like I said at the beginning comedy is a sensual art and it's like smoke it vanishes that's why comedians are so comedians are so needy because we're not painters we can't go there there's my thing we're not sculptors we can't we're not architects but there's the building I made we go oh you should have been there last night how are you a, com- a comedian will ask another and the other comedian will say oh last night I smashed it you should have been there I destroyed it I took the roof off blah 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 because there's no proof anymore so the fact that my podcast has afforded me some sort of legacy or longevity within the pathetic scale of human, you know, within the within like you know, the life of the next, you know, five years, whatever, it's certainly more than just telling a joke once and it disappears. So uh, final question, then very quickly to wrap up. Um, would you rather be a role model or a cautionary tale? I'd rather be a role model. I mean, I don't think that I, I that's a lovely question. And it is making me confront, uh, yes, I like to ask people if they're artists or entertainers and and people often think hard about it and I think, yes, they're really thinking about it. The fact that I've not thought very hard about this probably says a lot about me. Um, I don't think I would like to be a cautionary tale. I'm not very rock and roll. I'm sort of, I try and be nice. I try and help people and uh, I, I think people could do that. I certainly, I mean, you know, I'm not saying I'm a great guy and everyone should try and be like me. Probably I'm saying I hope the bad stuff I've done that would make me a cautionary tale, no one ever finds out about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just to wrap up there, um, if people want to learn more about your stuff, where can they go? Where's the best place to hit you up online? Thanks so much, Dan. People can hit me up online at uh, comedianscomedian.com. They can follow me on Twitter at comcompod. Uh, you can find the show, which is called The Comedian's Comedian. I never realised how many times I'd be saying the word or, or typing out the word comedian. Um, it's called The Comedian's Comedian. You can find it on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. And I'm on tour at the moment for the next couple of months. So if you are in Britain or Ireland or even Melbourne in Australia, then uh, you can come and see me. Comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour has all of your dates. That's brilliant. Thanks very Thanks, much. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So that was Stuart Goldsmith. Um, you can go to his website and listen to and download and give money to him and download his amazing albums, An Hour, which is fucking hilarious, and Extra Life, which is also fucking hilarious. You can listen to the Comedian's Comedian podcast. I recommend diving into that and listening to every single episode. I will say, I reckon... This was definitely the perfect... I know I've said it before on the podcast. I think this was the perfect person to interview, to have as our first guest on the show because that kind of positivity, not that we're not all amazing, amazing parents because we fucking bloody well are. Especially me, I'm amazing. Especially especially you. Um, (laughs) But but having that kind of um, positivity on the show I think is exactly the kind of thing that we need I think it's really really good to hear from someone who's absolutely bloody loves being a parent and is um, and is absolutely getting their teeth into it it's really really good um, so yes that was Stuart Goldsmith that's the end of my bit of the wrap up 
Oh, that about wraps it up for episode 22, 22. Oh, I got the hand signal there. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, episode 22. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Rich Stokes. Thank you. And Pointless Rinser. Thank you. I'm your host, Danny Douglas, and we will see you all next time. Next time. Catch you. Sad Mad Dads podcast is free to download and always will be. You can find a shed load of free audio, comedy and music and also get in touch on our website at sadmaddads.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can also find the link to our Patreon page on the website and every little helps. You can also help us by leaving us a five-star review wherever you can and telling your friends about the show. We really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.